0: Built around the concept that you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Well, remember, you were born to win. But in order to be the winner, you were born to be. You gotta plan to win, you gotta prepare to win, and then and only then can you
1: legitimately expect to win.
0: You see, with integrity you do the right thing. When you do the right thing, there's no guilt. With integrity, you have nothing to fear because you have nothing to hide. See, folks, failure is an event. It's not a person. Yesterday really did end last night. Today is a brand new day,
1: and it's yours. Friends, welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and it is my unique privilege to bring today's profound message to you. The Ziggler Show is founded on what Zig Ziggler, the world's most prolific motivator, devoted his life to, inspiring your true performance you can have the best tools uh, resources and even opportunity but unless you are truly inspired you'll be hopeful but remain where you are what is the definition of inspired listen to this to influence or animate with an idea or purpose Did you hear that? Animate with a purpose. If you want to take action, you have to know and be motivated by true purpose. That's deep, folks, and it is why you are here. Let's dig in and change your world so you can change this world. We need all you've got to offer desperately. Well, folks, today's show has a primary takeaway. It's to massively change your paradigm and give you permission to be an absolute conquering rock star by being who you are. That should sound good to anyone. It does to me. And to get you also to quit wasting time trying to be who you are not, uh, which that's a real crux of our premise today here. I mean, this is not an easy one dimensional issue. And. As I'm surely not bright enough to completely break it down so you can digest it for full nourishment and radical life change, I have brought in an expert, a guy who knows this topic and its reality and has walked with thousands in its truth. I bring you Dan Miller, bestselling author of 48 Days of the Work You Love. When I say bestseller, that's literal. I mean, that book has continued to rank high, uh, very high in Amazon rankings its entire life, which is, I think, well over a decade now, maybe even 15 years. I often compare books to it. People who I don't know who asked to be on The Ziggler Show, and I'll check out their book if they have one and check out the ranking, and seldom is it as high as Dan's. Many people also know Dan from his 48 Days podcast, the top-ranking business podcast. It has been for many, many years. Uh, or from his weekly 48 days newsletter. And they also hear about Dan a lot as a friend and mentor to and business associate with people like Dave Ramsey and Michael Hyatt and John Acuff and so many others. I, however, know him as Dad. Yep, the guy I'm often on the Ziggler Show citing as, as the, the guy who introduced me, the person who introduced me and trained me up in Zig Ziglar and other world leaders. He taught me and has been teaching legions of others the value of accepting, acknowledging, maximizing, and leveraging your natural born abilities. So, today we're going to go beyond mere abilities talk, really, and get deep into this more foundational and visceral and primitive to your specific life. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America
1: and a member FDSE. First, dad, thanks for doing this with me. Well, what a gift, uh, honor, and fruition to get to do the Ziegler show with the guy who introduced me to Zig and to the truly valuable teachings of life. So I'll take this moment to publicly thank and honor you. Uh... Man, I never get tired of telling that
0: story. It seems like just a blink of an eye yesterday when you were that little kid that I was dragging along to hear Zig Ziglar. And now here you are, the voice of the Zig Ziglar show. That's pretty cool.
1: It's it's way cool. Way cool. Man, thank you. I already gave a raving intro, of course. So we can just dive in. So folks, here's the premise. I was researching for another show and honestly don't know what brought me to it. Somebody might have specifically sent it to me if it was you uh, listening. Thank you. But somehow I stumbled upon a YouTube video titled Gary Vaynerchuk, USC Entrepreneur Talk 2015, published by The Leap TV. If you don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, I got to know of him years ago through his wine library business. The guy was in a family wine business. He started doing videos of tastings and commentary and he developed very entertaining personality, along with an amazing discernment of wine, and he knocked it out of the park from a business standpoint. Uh, today, he's known as a leading business mogul and thought leader, and you can find him at V-A-Y-N-E-R-C-H-U-K. Uh V-A-Y-N-E-R-C-H-U-K. I mentioned this video, I think, uh, in, in another show recently, and so we were going to talk about it, and feel it valid for our Ziegler audience to divulge it. If you go looking for the interview that I'm talking about in entirety, be prepared for an immense amount of cursing. Uh, not just a little, but a lot. It's it's like a really great movie where in the reviews, people talk about how amazing it was, but that you have to look beyond the immense proliferation of the F word. So uh, Gary's smart. He knows it turns some people off, but true to who he is. And even the message we're focusing on today, he just doesn't care. So his brand is being true to who you are at the core. So if if you judge, uh, you you just judge your own offense level. Um, but we're going to take some great content out of this regardless. Uh, and what we're going to break open is, is really it's five minutes of the first 45 minutes he talked. I didn't even listen much past that. So here are the highlights that my dad and I are going to dive into uh, with a bit of paraphrasing. So these are literally just, let's see, one, two, uh, six bullet points out of his talk. Gary said, if I could give you anything, and he's talking again to this, this college group, if I could give you anything, it would be a test or a drug to become self-aware. I think everybody lies to themselves. Next point, he says, you want yourself to be something, and what I want you to do more of is audit who you actually are. And he says, I think America as a society has done a really good job in selling us how to fix the things we naturally aren't, and there's a lot of money being made on us uh, trying to get us to form into something that we can't be. Next, the number one thing you can do, you need to bet on your strengths and don't care about what you're not good at. Next, many people in the room will spend the next 20 to 40 years trying to check the boxes of what you aren't good at. And you're going to waste a dramatic amount of time and lose. Last point, he says, I highly recommend auditing yourself or find someone who knows you and will tell you who you are. And once you believe that, go directly, all chips in, all into that. Because it's the only possible way, in my opinion, watching from the outside. It's the most highly likely way of of over-indexing, which if you don't know that term, it means having a greater showing, knocking it out of the park. Okay, so that's our premise today that we're going to dive into. Okay, Dad, before we really get into breaking it down from an overall concept, I'm just curious, what were your thoughts? Without getting into specifics yet, do you agree with the overall premise from Gary?
0: Oh, totally. Absolutely. I mean, so many people are off track because they're trying to be something that they're not. They're trying to perform based on somebody else's expectations, but we could go on and on and on about that. That's so, so true. I mean, kids in college don't look at themselves to determine what they would be a really good fit for. They look at who's hiring, where the trends are, where the opportunities are. And that's a recipe for disaster. And Gary knows that.
1: Okay. Well, um, I mean, it seems highly relevant, obviously, to be true to who you are at the core. And, you know, we. but we can also, as I'm thinking about this, I mean, we can be fully us. I can be fully me and still be really unrefined and useless, not dumb, maybe, but ignorant. So, and it seems a little overwhelming. I mean, Gary, isn't saying to quit buying all the, to quit pursuing personal development is the point to differentiate between bettering yourself and striving to become a square peg when you're around.
0: Well, yeah. How people pursue careers in particular. They simply fill their heads with a lot of knowledge, thinking that the storing of knowledge will somehow lead to a fulfilling career. Well, in today's environment, when we know there's that just doesn't work. When you can grab your iPhone and get any piece of information that you want right there, there's really little value in just filling your head with that. So there has to be something beyond that that makes you have unique value. And a lot of kids are coming out of school, unfortunately, with a head full of knowledge, the same kind of information you can grab and ask Siri. And in three seconds, you can know what the capital of Afghanistan is or whatever. There's no point in filling your head with that. So what we need to look for, are what are those things that make you unique? And it's by looking inward that you really understand more about yourself so that you can position yourself in a way that makes sense. I mean, in 48 Days to the Work You Love, I mean, I've been telling this for years I say 85% of the process of having the confidence of proper direction comes from looking inward. Only 15% is the application. I mean, and in doing that, Kevin, you know, I would rather help somebody be successful growing dandelions if that's what their passion is, if that's what they really understand and care about, rather than trying to talk them into being a computer programmer because we know their job's there
1: okay I mean uh, yeah and, and you t- brought me up well in this I mean I don't know how many people could possibly have been gifted with this type of perspective more than myself and yet even I uh, I fell trapped to this it's interesting talking about Gary so he has wine library and and uh, years ago when I was first blogging and first podcasting I saw his wine library videos I mean the amount of engagement he had was just off, just, just off the roof. And I was just blogging. So I thought, well, you know, I I should do that because he's doing it so well. So I set up a video studio, started doing that. And what I realized though, is he had video after I had been doing it for a while, he had video that was relevant to what he was doing and who he was. He's, I mean, he's showcasing wine, he's sipping it, he's spitting it out in his New York jets, uh, spittoon. And you know, he's got people who are walking back and forth in the wine store. And here I was, and I was just a talking head And I'm such a fan and I know you are too of modeling. If you want to do something, if you want to go out and build an audience, do what other people are doing. And yet it feels like it's calling us to know we still have to step back and look at what are we doing, who we are and what literally fits again, us in, you know, auditing, who are we, what are the skills that we really have? And I'm sure you have seen a lot of people like me who have something good. They got a great product service or message. And they went and attempted to deliver it in the wrong platform,
0: Golly, how many people have we seen who have started a podcast because they see what others are doing with podcasting, they assume that's the magic ticket, so even if they stumble, aren't prepared, don't have a voice for it, you know whatever you know it's horrible, they still jump in there and just assume that because the technology provides no obstacles, they jump in there and do something that's not a fit. Well, I tell people in social media, I mean, we've got Facebook and Twitter and Periscope and Blab and Snapchat and podcast. all these different things. Don't try to do everything, but find one or two things that fit you well. So we come back to audit yourself. Look at yourself. Look internally first, then figure out what it would be that would fit you well, and then be excellent in doing that.
1: Okay. Well, so in looking at resources to help us, I know. I mean, you're a proponent of personality tests, you know, StrengthsFinder and and DISC and more. I know you've used a lot and put a lot of value. I mean, I remember as a kid, you coming home with a new, you know a new one. I literally have a, a a mental image of our house in Bowling Green of coming home and you had a new one. And it was back in the three ring binder days, and that I d- that I got to do. So I know you value those type of tests. So to start off on helping somebody audit themselves, understand their strengths. uh, I don't know. Maybe just speak to the value of those as, as at least one resource.
0: I love those. Absolutely. And they are that they're a resource. We do personality testing a lot. I never engage with somebody in a personal coaching process without having at least one of the personality inventories in front of me. Usually the disc, the D I -S S C I like that. It's easy to have fun talking about it, but it helps us identify somebody's behavior, how they're likely to relate to other people, what kind of environments they're going to be most comfortable in, how they manage, how they sell. I mean, that's the kind of feedback that we need to help us really understand the person. And yeah, we use the Myers Briggs, the Colby, Berkman, the new Sally Hogsheads Fascination Index. I mean, all of those, I love those, but they're all pieces to those puzzle in its entirety so none of those can stand alone and we want to just lock in and i tell people when we have them take a personality test there's no little personality profile there's no little computer program that's going to become more real than you the person it just gives us a talking basis that report yes then let's use that to frame what you're going to do moving forward if it's inaccurate no big deal cross it out but usually people find that, you know, it's pretty accurate. I mean, we're very predictable people. We don't get up every morning as a fresh, clean slate. So it's very easy to tap into, use some of these resources to help us really get a sense of who we are. I mean, we can do other things. We can ask people who know us well, ask people you work with, people you live with, things about yourself. But in doing that, it becomes clear and clear and clear what is unique about you. I mean, everything, everybody has things that can work to their favor. Do we have things that we want to work on and improve? Sure. But what a lot of times people get caught up in this, the grass is greener on that side of the fence. and They think, well, I wish I were more bold and forthright and outspoken. And then somebody who's like that says, well, I wish I weren't so blunt. You know, I hurt people's feelings. I wish I were softer. I wish I were a better listener. Well, being aware of what we are just helps us understand our natural presentation Gives us that framework as a starting point, but that's where we're likely to be best in using those things to our advantage.
1: Okay. Well, let me ask you about, about that. I remember, well, the disc profile, which speaking of the disc profiles, um, I would be remiss if, if I, I mean, folks, you can get those a lot of places. Now uh, there's different, different ones. And the one that I know best is the one that you sell that it's 48days.com. And I didn't pull this up in front of me, I guess, just hit the products and you sell the disc profile there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's the hottest selling product that we have because people realize the value of that as a foundational piece for helping them start in this career business development area.
1: Okay. And folks, I, I, I've used it that all my life. My wife has, has done it uh, multiple times and we use it in our family. And then of course you use it in business and the strengths is a great one as well. But yeah, go to 48days.com and you can get that. But now on that, we also know... I've got a couple questions. First off, just on what you said about, oh, I wish I wasn't so blunt. I wish I wasn't this. I wasn't. The the profile has okay. Here's how. That's one of the graphs. Here's here's how you are naturally, and here's how you are in a modified sense. And you might find somebody who those don't differ much. Mine generally differed some because I uh, my natural brain is pretty to the point and blunt, and yet in dealing with people, you know, PR skills and stuff, I tend to massage that a little bit. So that's the modified aspect, but speak to that. I mean, when we look and say, okay, gosh, shouldn't I just be authentic to who I am? Obviously, or it seems like there are some times when for the sake of somebody you're interacting with relationally, there's a reason to modify. So it's knowing I ultimately knowing which you should and shouldn't modify, huh?
0: Yes, but yeah. And you make a really good point, but I'll use myself as an example on the disc. I'm extremely high D and then everything drops down. The only other one that comes up to about the midline is the C. Those two are very project and task focused. The other two, the ones that are missing the I and the S are very people and relationship oriented. And what that means is I like results. So I'm going to frame my work so that for the most part, I'm just focused on results. If I put myself in a situation where I'm going to be face-to-face with people or in front of people 95% of the time, it's going to really stretch me and I'm going to not be in my sweet spot. Now in doing, in describing that, I mean, it describes me as an introvert. People may think, well, gee, I hear you on podcast. You know, I've seen you here, read your books or whatever. But then when you think about those things, Those things where people see me in a public setting comprise about 5% of what I do. 95% of my week, I'm in my office by myself because it fits who I am. Now, as you know, I've been friends, you know, close friends with Dave Ramsey for many, many years. Dave and I started about the same time. We decided what we wanted our business to look like, and we both lived that out and are both having a blast. He has 543 employees he walks into that building. It's constant meetings. I mean, that would make me throw up if I had to do that. It's not right <laughs> yeah. or wrong, good or bad. It that fits him, it does not fit me. And that's where people get into trouble. They try to model, like you said, and there's a value. There's value in doing that, but we still ultimately better be spending the majority of our time doing what is a really good fit for who we are, or we'll end up frustrated. That's where we see people who are burned out. You know, and the, the the problem in our Workplaces, we reward people by moving them away from what it is they do best. So we take a little teller who's really good at relating to people and we reward her by putting her in an office with a closed door and making her a loan officer. You know, it, we move people away from what they do best, thinking that we're promoting them and rewarding them when in fact we're losing the highest value they bring. Was that the Peter principle? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Book written about that back in the seventies. Right. right. Dr. Lawrence, Peter.
1: Okay, folks, I want to take a quick sponsor break and recognize one of Ziegler's top show sponsors and supporters, Harry's Razors. And I'm going to tell you more about them. But overall, my personal advocacy comes from they've created a brand I personally want to associate myself with. They have a better product and it costs less. I mean, that's the holy trinity of a great product. You can get five bucks off now on the only $15 kit at harrys.com and just use the code Ziggler to get that discount. Harry's did in the shaving industry what revolutionary companies have done in other industries. They deviated from the norm. No games or power plays. In Harry's case, they simply realized, hey, razors cost a certain amount because they go from the manufacturer to a retailer to the customer. Let's cut out the retailer and we can deliver the best product at the cheapest rate it just happens once in a while and it did here with harry's harry's was founded only two years ago they massively have disrupted the shaving industry and are beating giants like schick and gillette they purchased a 93 year old german factory that makes the blades and they ship straight from there to your doorstep and mine Harry's emphasizes great design, meticulous craftsmanship, amazing value, and highly personal and dedicated customer service for a completely better shaving experience. So you can get started again now by going to harry's.com, get your kit, use the code Ziggler, Z I G L A R, to take $5 off your purchase. Okay, what's well, interesting you say that because, of course, I know you and I'm, I wish people, I was about to say, yeah, it's where you are right now, but they can't see you. So we're on Skype video and I'm looking at your office with your books and. And your pristine place on the planet there. And I know that's where you create from. And yeah, I like that just to to realize that. So yeah, is there modifying to who you are, uh, who who you are? Yes. But if you're spending all your time modifying, case in point, so you're spending about 5% of your time out modifying, being in that area where it's not bad, but you're making the effort to modify. It does not give you energy. It drains you somewhat. The 95% of the time you are where you function best that's health. I am very similar. Uh, I'm pretty much the same as you. And I put myself as, you know, in a business, uh, another business I'm involved in. And for the past year, I have been in a dramatic amount of always being in that modifying stage. And it's just about taxed me out. And I'm within, uh, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel I've hired now, you know, and that takes, there's time for that. And I guess that comes back to the entrepreneurial aspect of, yeah, when you are beginning entrepreneur or starting a project, that you may wear a lot of hats and be in that uncomfortable mode but that's the point of that's the uh what the e-myth by michael gerber of then now let's create a a sustainable methodical uh healthy uh, system system so i'm i'm in the point of doing that man you're right i'm i'm living that out uh well well on the modify or or, or on the reports and again this isn't a focus on reports folks this again is going back to understanding auditing knowing who you are a lot of people, of course, do the disc, do the Strengths Finder. It's great. It, usually, they're wowed by it, but then, of course, we also know a lot of times they don't know what to do with it, and that brings us back to. And I, I know you see a very limited amount of people, so this isn't a pitch for go get coaching from Dan, but it is a taking that. I hear you saying that taking that, and you're going to get to need you're going to need some more input on that to actually apply it to yourself. Yes.
0: Yes, but the exciting end result, Kevin, is there are so many opportunities that you can tailor those to fit who you know you are. You don't have to bury what you know about yourself and just go get a paycheck. There's just too many options. You can shape the work that you do today so that it really complements what you now know about yourself.
1: Okay. Well, I want to ask you about the auditing yourself, knowing yourself. I mean, you've taken these tests You've honed in on your strengths and weaknesses, um, but then as far as getting real feedback from those close to you, that's a big ball of wax, probably a scary thing for a lot of people. I mean, first, I mean, it seems valid that we do all of the self-discovery we want, but we just can't see and comprehend ourselves fully by ourselves, you know, in front of a mirror. We can't see all the way around us. Um, so for you, dad, uh, so I, I was, I was curious on this, all your personal pursuit of discovery, how much value was that uh, just you on your own? Uh, in and of yourself there in your office, you you know, you get the point though, percentage wise compared to what you discovered through the mirror and voices of your friends uh, and your kids. And mostly, and this is high on my mind, your spouse, because I just read mom's new book that's coming out, you know, (laughs) she talks about you guys. And I'm curious when you say, okay, I did all this personal pursuit or personal discovery work here, but where, uh, I don't want to put it to just a percentage, but you get my point. How much value was there and how much was getting the real take on who you are by those around you uh even your wife.
0: Yeah, fair question. I've never thought about it in terms of how much percentage on one side or the other. I put a lot of value on the all the inventories and profiles and self-discovery things and just the books that I read help me identify myself a lot. There's been a lot that I've drawn from those kind of resources. But then I see, I look for ways that those things, my suspicions are confirmed with those I'm closest to, I think. But I've always been very open as well about asking people, you know, is this the way that you see me? How do you think I could be more effective? Just this week in my mastermind, we were talking about how we avoid becoming isolated as entrepreneurs. Because as entrepreneurs, now here's, here's what it drew from. George Barna has done a lot of research Mm. in the church world. He says that 55% of pastors say they're lonely. 70% say they really don't have any one person they can confide in and talk to. And the irony is that increases in intensity as the size of the church increases. Mm. Bigger churches, the pastor feels more and more isolated. And so I posed to my mastermind, I said, how can we as entrepreneurs avoid as we become more successful becoming more isolated? How do we tap into the wisdom and the insight of those around us? So we talked about having board of advisors, talked about being part of mastermind, talked about tapping into our spouses to get on and, and be willing to hear honest feedback from people. I mean, a lot of people position themselves where, you know, they aren't really looking for honest feedback. And if you lose that ability, close yourself off to that, there is a tendency to go off in an inappropriate direction, inaccurate direction. I, I try to stay really open. I mean, I ask people around me, and I've got people who will speak truth to me. I mean, I had somebody just recently who just really called me out. He says, man, you know, what's going on with you? You know, you, you, you look like you're tired, you're exhausted, like you're impatient. I mean, he really called me out on it. I said, man, I'm feeling... So burned out, I don't know what's going on. I said, I'm feeling absolutely exhausted, even in the middle of the day. Well, it prompted me to ask some other people, do you see that as well? And it was confirmed again and again and again. I went to work on that. That's actually been about, that was back in October, whatever that's been. So about six months ago. But I got connected with a nutritionist and I've had some dramatic turnaround based on health things that I didn't know were going on. And I've been really thrilled about that, but that comes from wanting to get feedback from people.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and when we aren't working as part of a team, when we don't have a boss looking over our shoulder, there's not a CEO coming around to check on us once a week. There's a tendency to try to be something that we're not. It's a real ongoing challenge for us to stay true to ourselves. And of course, we can get all the way back to Shakespeare, you know, know thyself until thine own self be true, then thou canst not be false to any man. There's a lot of truth in that.
1: Wow, okay, so um it's speaking of your your own health, your face looks thin. Am I missing anything? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no man, I'm on a new plan. It's awesome. okay I'm, I'm feeling great.
1: Maybe that'll be the new the next new show.
0: Two new notches in my belt. Really? Yeah, I'm experiencing things
1: I haven't in years. Oh, geez. Okay, I'll gotta. i I'll ask more offline. That's awesome. <laughs> That's all. Well, so going, and I'm gonna, I feel like I'm hitting this from different angles, but this is such a big issue. I, obviously, I mean, I, I really appreciate Gary, you know, a guy with such a big forum saying, if I could give you one thing, it would be to figure out who you really are and go full on all chips into it. Quit trying to be what you're not. So if we look at... I'm not even positive how to, how to phrase this question Dad. but we look at two ends of the spectrum. We look, I I appreciate my, my uh, business partner who's a doctor and he likes to lead with asking people saying, okay, I I need to know what your goal is health-wise. You know, on one end, uh, do you want to be in the Olympics next year? Or do you want to slide into a nursing home? Well, it's probably neither of those where in there, where in that spectrum uh, do you want to be as your goal? So on this aspect, you have one end of, I am what I am. So we, you know, again, Take Gary's message and say, okay, well, I'm just going to be authentic to me. I am what I am on the other side. It's this, this machine that we have of personal development that obviously I love. It's why we're here today, but where I have to completely create myself. And are you saying that the balance is, is, is right there in the middle? Or are there sometimes when you do need to veer one way or the other?
0: Well, it's not so much a balance. It's a matter of staying true to yourself. That's going to determine, just as as a parent, if you are very nurturing, kind, loving, supportive, good listener, like your mother, Kevin. Yeah. I mean, she's that kind of person. So when you were a little boy and you reach your hand up to touch the stove that you don't realize is scalding hot, would she say, Well, now, Kevin, I really don't think that's a good idea. You know, maybe we ought to talk about this. No, not a chance. She's going to grab your hand. In that instant, she's very determined, dominant, opinionated, because that's what's required in that moment. Does that mean that she's going to change her personality overall? No, not at all. She's going to continue to spend that 95% being the person that she is. That's how we ought to look at it. But that's how we can evaluate then, a worker career opportunity. Is it going to allow us to stay in our sweet spot 95% of the time, or is it going to require that 95% of the time we're trying to be something that we're not? And this is a big issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a, there was a book that was written two years ago and the title of the book is the top five regrets of the dying where a hospice nurse interviewed people who are dying. What are your biggest regrets? Number one, regret without question, there was nothing a close second was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. Mm. That's pretty heavy. And that doesn't mean, here's the thing too, a lot of times people are going to cringe thinking, well, I don't want to just be selfish and self-centered. There are a whole lot of people out there who are very kind and nurturing and considerate people. They don't want to offend anybody and rightfully so. We want people like that but they think that making themselves what others expect them is somehow a good thing. And it ends up, everybody loses. So it's not, it's not selfish or egotistical. It's the way to bring out the very best that God has put in us to be true to ourselves. That's a very unique, very creative, very exciting process to discover what's it going to look like. Golly, Kevin, you have seven children. They're different. They're not all the same. You, you can't parent them the same. Yeah. Their desires, their interests, their passions, their goals, their dreams vary dramatically. The challenge of a parent is to discover how is this particular child wired? You know, there's that verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, not depart from it. Well, a lot of parents have misused that yeah. to browbeat their kids, to make them do the right thing. You know, confident that they make them do the right thing, then they'll always be great when they grow no, a more accurate rendering of that verse is train up a child in the way that he or she is bent. So, the challenge of us as parents is to figure out how is this child uniquely wired? You can look at your own siblings and see the dramatic differences in you all that we tried to nurture those differences and allowing you to be excellent in the way that you were wired.
1: Yeah, I love that. You trained us up in the way that we were bent, not the way you wanted to bend us. <laughs> Unless we disobeyed. Then it was a SWAT. Uh, Okay. Well, so the sweet spot, I mean, we're getting into, so, you know, we're talking about understanding ourselves, understanding who we really are. Now, if we look at circumstances, our job, our work, our business, I assume there are some telltale signs of being in the sweet spot or outside of it. If you were to have somebody Counsel them on, hey, let's to audit the role that you have. And let's just take work, for instance, in there. If you are in your sweet spot, you should be experiencing X, Y, Z. If you're not, if you're in an unhealthy space, you're probably going to. And I know that in your, gosh, lifetime of of coaching and consulting, you can probably spot this a mile away when you're talking with somebody and have a little context on them. So I'll ask, what are some highlights of when you see somebody who is obviously not participating primarily in their sweet spot day to day.
0: Sure. And the, and the indicators show up really, Indicator. really quickly. A lot of times people have physical maladies. They have back aches, headaches, migraines, and digestive problems. I mean, it can go on and on and on. People who are heavily fatigued by two o'clock in the afternoon. Now, sometimes there's a tie into dietary things, certainly with that. But a lot of times it's just simply trying to perform in a way that other people expect of them when it's not a really good fit. But we do identify those things. What would be an ideal situation for you? The personality profiles are going to help us confirm that. And if we do see disparity in those graphs, as you alluded to earlier, yeah, let's let's figure that out. Why do you think you have to perform in a particular way that does not match up with what this shows as your natural style? Is that true for you? A lot of people, one of the questions that I dealt with just this week with somebody was, is it possible to be successful as an introvert?
1: I saw that. I saw that. Uh, Was it a blog? No, it was in your newsletter I just saw. It was my newsletter, yeah. Right.
0: Well, the the implied implication of that is that, you have to be real outgoing, gregarious, you know, the backslapper, on front of the stage kind of person to be successful. And if you're anything but that, you're going to have to settle for mediocrity. Well, that's not true at all. My gosh. I mean, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. even like uh, Richard Branson, those guys are introverts. And when you look at how they structure their lives, they're not out there in front of people or in parties 95% of the time. You know, you can be extremely successful as an introvert if you understand that to be true for you and then structure your work, business, social life, whatever. I mean, I'm the kind of guy still that on a on a Friday night, I mean, given the option to go to a party with 40 people or stay home and read a new book, golly, that choice is really clear to me. I'd yeah. rather stay home and read a book. That's not true for everybody, and I don't pose that as being right for everybody. I just know what fits me and how... how We know how I'm wired. The events that we have here at the Sanctuary, Kevin, you're very familiar with those. We have Coaching with Excellence, Coaching Mastery Program, Innovate, things like that. They are always scheduled on Thursday and Friday. Now, anybody can look at that and say, well, it'd be more convenient for people to come like on a Friday or a Saturday or even a Saturday or Sunday. No, I want my Saturday and Sunday to be totally uninterrupted, totally alone, where I can be restored, rejuvenated. I love the events that we have. They're very energizing, but they're also very emotionally draining for me. At the end of two days, I'm finished. I'm toast. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to go to, go anywhere. I don't want to go out to lunch with, I just want to relax. So I put those together in ways that really fit. We do events like that six times a year. So it's not even one a month. That's about my tolerance for that. It's a very important part of our business but it's not something that I want to build. So we're doing them once a week. Not a, not a chance that'll ever happen.
1: Okay. Well, the thing I like about that though, is you're citing that you are, you know who you are. Uh, You're an introvert in this case. You're true to yourself. You've built your life around that, but you've also then said there is something that you want that does necessitate for a small time, like you said, the 5% being something that, again, not that you're not, but but honing some skills in this sense of how to win friends and influence people, how to connect with other folks, which you taught me as one of the primary offerings you gave me as I was growing up going to Ziegler seminars and uh, auditing your Dale Carnegie courses and, and whatnot. And I learned that. And yeah, people are very, they don't quite understand it when I do say, you know what, I'm actually an introvert because I'm really good as you are at being with people but yeah it's it's interesting to yeah cuz it's it is on one hand is it energizing yeah but it's not um it's not what renews me it it does it does tax me so but i i like you putting the focus on saying no but you do have if you do have a goal is it's probably going to necessitate you honing some skills uh to to deliver that to uh yeah okay
0: yeah i i can't go live in a cabin in the woods okay and there's no engagement. I mean, I, I, I don't value that so that I want to unplug from the world. It's not that I want to be engaged. I want to have a voice. I want to make an impact. I want to be a good steward of gifts that God has given me. Those require to be connected intimately to have deep relationships. And I don't want to in any way diminish the value of all of those. I mean, in, in, couple weeks here, I'm going to be going to San Diego, you know, to speak at social media marketing world, doing a 90 minute workshop on how a mastermind can transform your life. I'm really excited about that. That's 90 minutes. I'll yeah. do that. Yeah. Love connecting with the people because I do love sharing a message of how important that concept is. But I also know that the people in the audience are Perfect, perfect candidates for everything else that we offer in our business.
1: Yeah.
0: And those people, I mean, over the course of the next year, I could easily make another $50,000 because of people hearing me at that conference in things that they're purchasing that we have. Now, keep in mind, as you mentioned earlier on here, most of my business operates because of systems that are in place. hmm they're not things where it involves me personally. They're systems that are in place to provide resources for people. So I understand very clearly the distinguishing between linear and residual income. Yeah. If I were in a linear income model only, I would constantly be pulled back into just this constant interaction with people and into areas that don't fit me very well. But I purposely built my business so that 95% of my business revenue comes from systems that are in place, not things that depend on my personal interaction. So again, it's just a reflection of what I know about myself.
1: Uh, and I, okay, so, so hitting this, I, I've got two more, two more aspects, angles, I guess, on this. If we have something, so if, if somebody's listening to that right now and they, from a uh, a business standpoint, let's say a, an entrepreneurial standpoint, have something that I believe in and it's going to require communicating it to people, uh, but I'm not a good communicator. Even hearing you talking about you know doing the events, it's a small part. But even that may just. I mean, we know some people; they are just flat out not going to be competent at a presentation aspect. They can work. Well, I guess that's part of the question. When you realize, man, that's I, here. I have something I want to communicate. I that is just total Greek to me. Total. I mean, I'm going to get the sweats. I'm going to have a panic attack. Whatever. There's no way I can do that. So it feels like you're saying, okay, then, then don't, is that, I mean, then, I mean, cause they could go do Toastmasters. They could really work hard and we have some of those success stories. Do we do that or do we, or do we recognize guys that's really far fetched for you? Then you're just going to take that off the plate and find another vehicle.
0: I think you ought to find a vehicle that embraces what you know about yourself for the most part, okay. but even like I just described about myself, there, there's that 5% of what I do that isn't an exact fit with what I know about myself, but I recognize it as an important part of moving everything else forward. So I, I don't know that, you, again, you can't just say, well, you know, I don't want to move into the Popeye mentality. I am what I am, you know, and just don't bother. No, we can learn. I mean, I grew up as a, a behind-the-scenes little Mennonite kid, taught to keep his mouth shut. You would never do something that looked like you were promoting yourself or be in front of people or try Mm -hmm. to sway them or persuade them to spend money. Never, never, never. Those were all dangerous zones. Well, I've learned over time how to do those in a way that I hope is with character and integrity and providing value to people. But those are important parts of sharing the message that I want to share. Mm -hmm. So we have to build a model though, a clear model that does fit what we know about ourselves, but we can't just dig a hole and stay in it either. In the same way, there are people who you know, do nothing but just talk all the time. A lot of them don't get any kind of traction in their business because they haven't been strategic about how to use their voice in a way that leads to an economic model. All
1: right. Right. Okay. So I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap us on this topic by asking you to uh I, I think I think my, my intent is encouragement for people. So in spending me so much and, and you as well, spending so much time helping people in an entrepreneurial path, I think they I'm very aware that people often view that as oh, if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, you are that extrovert, back slapping, you know, salesperson. Uh, high energy risk taker, yada, yada, that it gets that, that terminology. And yet we know that that's not true. So I was thinking about this last night on this topic that I I think what we would say, and I'll just ask you again to comment on this and to expound on it is this, if you get three people that are all in New York and they all want to get to uh, New Orleans for, for Mardi Gras, and one of them is a sailor, one's a trucker and one's a pilot, they can all get there. They can all do that. They could all be an entrepreneur, but they are going to be best suited to take entirely different vehicles. Is that a true scenario?
0: I love that. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Don't force them all to get in a boat or get in a plane. No, let them find their own unique path to getting there. They can all be equally successful, even though they chose very different paths to get there. That's a great metaphor.
1: Okay. Well, so, you know, again, just to to wrap this up on Gary's perspective that he brought out that just, again, it just resonated with me, dad, on, yeah, that we do, there is such a temptation in our culture, in this personal development industry that we're in. And I, I love, um, you raised me up in it I'm a, I'm a staunch believer, but then, I think he's saying, and would you agree that it's relevant to look at it and go, just watch, watch how far you go in trying to change who you really are, as opposed to trying to refine who you are, you know, with some, what, with some additives, you know, for those areas where, gosh, you, if you need a certain skill to, to, to achieve a certain goal and you need to learn that. Sure. But you've better find the balance of being true to yourself and so does the journey start with again, yeah the the basics, do a strengths finder, do a disc, uh, get some feedback from those around you, and then have a filter on of knowing when you're going too far and trying to alter yourself
0: yeah, you know i don't want to in any way imply that we stop learning or stop trying new things. I mean, I was terrified when i when I first got i mean even after you were on the scene, Kevin, you were a little kid. And I went back to get my master's degree and I got a teaching assistantship. So they said, yeah, you're going to be teaching, you know, three sections of psychology one-on-one gave me no training, no insight, even no directions in terms of choosing textbooks. And I, I was terrified. I mean, I, I mean, for the first few weeks, you know, I'd have to spend 20 minutes in the bathroom on my way to the classroom because I was that terrified and nervous about it, but I just kept doing it because I fully believed that practicing that would lead to a greater good ultimately. So there are things that we're going to push through that we're uncomfortable with that we can learn how to do better. But what what Gary was talking about in a university setting is a lot of times people essentially turn off their knowledge about themselves and try to become something that they're not, Mm. that they simply are going to spend 95% of their time trying to become something that doesn't even fit them in any way. I was just looking for different ways to share a message that I was very confident of already. So this is a, it's kind of, we have to be careful to see through the trees here in what we're saying. So we don't just say, well, just forget everybody else, just be who you are naturally and don't ever change. No, not at all. I love the process of change, improvement, growth, I certainly don't want to be the same person three years from now that I am today. I hope that I'm a better coach, a better writer, a better speaker because of the continued learning that's taking place. But the learning that's taken place at this point complements years of experience of me knowing who I am, knowing how I perform best. And we can start that process very, very young. You know, we can start that in a child that's two or three years old to start to see very clearly how they relate to the world best and what we can do to foster their uniqueness and just help them be great in those areas that already they're showing tendencies in.
1: Well, and again, I got such a great model of that from you and and mom between myself and my brother and sister and yeah, now with our seven kids, so highly cognizant of that, that they are different and it's so hard not to treat them as a group and yet realizing (laughs) that this environment is going, you know, yeah, Ian loves it. He loves all the people and the party and whatever, and he can just go on (laughs) on like his mother and then Canyon's over here like me and he's crawling further into the couch with a book, you know, and, and, and disappearing and, uh, yeah, you know, I, I will have to testify, Dad, too. That you've been a great model of somebody who has done so much self discovery and and um, gotten so much clarity, and yet you are the consummate student. You've never arrived. You never. Uh, you're always looking to learn. It's all. It's been a great testimony to me, and I, I know it has to the rest of your family and a lot of other people.
0: Well, thanks. I appreciate it. it to me, it's it's an amazingly exciting journey that I've been privilege to be on. It's not a hardship. You know, I don't feel like, oh, this is a tough life. I enjoy the process, but a lot of it has to do with looking at that guy in the mirror every morning and recognizing who that really is and not trying to make him somebody that he's not.
1: Well hey, thank you. Big topic folks. I hope that uh, resonated with you. Again, you're welcome go to 48days.com and you can get a disc profile there to begin that work and then get it get with some other folks and get their take on it and get their insight into who you are. And uh, you'll be far ahead of the game. Well, thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show, Dad. Thanks. Such a gift. Um, and uh, we will be back with you again.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Kevin. Honored to be your guest today. <laughs>